The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. The Fold is brought to you by O Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. No mai hoki mai kia the Fold e mihi nei ko Duncan Gray talking uh, My guest this week on the Fold is Justin Flitter, who is a digital marketer, but also the the head of AI New Zealand, which is a a group that he founded to kind of get the the AI companies and people working in AI together to um, just to discuss the subject that he and, and they are very passionate about. Um, it, it was founded in 2016, so well ahead of the the most recent kind of kind of shock and awe waves of generative AI, uh, you know, the likes of Dali two and uh, chat GPT. So I thought he'd be a great person to get onto the fold and to discuss, you know, basically following on from last week's um, mini monopod, you know, my summer and the intervening week since that was recorded, I didn't stop thinking about uh, chat GPT for very long. Uh, And I think it's, it's, it is a really, really seismic event. You know, what we were trying to find a comparison to make with it and and Justin reached for electricity which is that's a high bar electricity indoor plumbing these are the these are the big ones but and we won't know whether that's right or wrong yet for a while but it it does feel like this wave of AI is is just fundamentally different and it's one that it is very much incumbent upon any of us working in the media but also anywhere to think really hard about how we can have it impact our, our our businesses. I mean, it will impact them. It's whether it's a positive impact that we choose, or whether it's you know a competitor, or or, or um, you know just some other path that it comes in, and we don't get to make the decision about about how it touches us. And I mean that it's actually well much more broader than business. It's any organisation, any individual. I think it's worth thinking about what you do. And how these new, this new wave of, of generative AI could uh, you know could impact you and your work and your play in a, in a positive way. So that's basically the meat of what this conversation is about. It's about the state of uh, artificial intelligence in New Zealand, about these new waves of generative AI, and you know more to the point about how. You, us who are not in the industry, who aren't kind of uh, deeply engaged with the forefront of the technology, should should think about it and engage with it. Um, I think it's a it's a good way to start the year. Uh, you know, got a sort of vaguely refreshed brain. Let's let's uh, do something with that space. So this is Justin Flitter from AI New Zealand on the fold. Tinakwe, Justin, and welcome to the fold. Hi, it's not awesome to be here. We've got a great chat coming up. 
I hope so. I hope so. So, and and I really appreciate you making time at this um, a, a period of the year when you know most people I've asked to be on the, the fold lately. I've I've received automated responses telling me not not for weeks. Uh, so, but but I'm I'm really glad because it's just this topic. The the, the last episode of the fold I did was was um, was talking about ChatGPT and its implications, and I think you're very well qualified with your role to to kind of run through that in a, in a broader sense. So, um, but I wonder if you could start, Justin, just by basically explaining what, what AI is in a, in a kind of shorthand way. Start off with the tough ones, eh? <laughs> so artificial intelligence has been around for many decades, since the 1950s, um, from Dartmouth School, you know, Alan Turing and, and, and the Turing test and those sorts of things. So it's nothing new, What's changed is compute power, processing power, semiconductors, um, bandwidth. And, and today, artificial intelligence is effectively the ability to program machines to do tasks that usually only humans would be able to do. Right. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, I think that... I, I think feel like AI has been been one of those terms that's been out there in the ether. We've known that we are interacting, but it's always been a bit abstracted. It's sort of behind another thing that we're doing. And the big change that was wrought in in the back half of twenty twenty two was that was the rise of generative AI. First, first in terms of imagery, and then um, very late in the year, the launch of ChatGPT, which you know just kaleidoscopically impressive um, text-based uh, generative program. Um, well, you know, like for, for someone who's been in, involved in and interested in the scene for some years, you know, w- w- were you sort of surprised by the, you know, these, these leaps? They felt like huge leaps, um, but were they sort of, had they been kind of in the pipe for a while? Well, I think there are uh, many people across all industries who are absolutely staggered by the quality of chat GPT and the, it's not even transformational. It's like, it's like when the calculator came to be. It's, it's, it's a radical shift in how we think and use artificial intelligence. So what is AI New Zealand and, and how did you come to be in, involved in that? Yeah, so I'm I'm a, a tech marketer, uh, a B two B marketing strategist. I've worked with a lot of um, software as a service and professional services companies, kind of growing across New Zealand, US, UK, around the world. And in in 2016, uh, one of the companies I was working with, their sister company, uh, was an AI company, uh, a natural language processing development company. Uh, with New Zealand funders in the UK. And so I become re- became really curious around how artificial intelligence was going to impact my world as a marketer, and specifically around search. So how people search for products or services. And it was at a time where things like Siri and Alexa were starting to, um, you know, products were starting to exist. And so you could kind of ask them questions around uh, or order products and, and buy things. And so how people search, beca- not, it wasn't just a, a keyword search, it became a key phrase. And so I was asking around, you know, 
should we be creating content or writing blog posts and things like that in a, in a more conversational tone um, that might be uh, better utilised by um, by these tools. And so I went to a whole lot of vendor events and found a whole lot of other people and professional services like me trying to understand what artificial intelligence is and whether they could use it and how they might use it in their business. And so I started uh, the AI show, which was a, a monthly event we ran for um, many years um, through to pretty much when COVID started. Uh, and we were getting two to 300 people a month um, coming along. We ran a couple of big international conferences called AI Day. Uh, but our, our predominant mission is, is to help uh, business people understand artificial intelligence and you know, showcase some of the companies uh, that, are, that are building AI-powered products and services um, in New Zealand and expose them to some of the cool stuff coming out around, around the world. Um, so yeah, super exciting space. Uh, I've learned a hell of a lot, and we've got a, a, a you know today we've got a huge community and a massive uh, industry developing uh, r around artificial intelligence, and some of the best brains in the world uh, in the AI world are, are New Zealanders, which is uh, just you know it's really exciting. So I actually want to to dwell on its impact on businesses outside of, of AI. I think that's kind of one of the, the sort of signal challenges how, is how to correctly process what this is and then how to fold it into what you're doing in a way that, you know, is the, the aspirational version of what it can be as opposed to the doomsday version. And, uh, you know, I can there'll be a lot of both of those things floating around in people's minds. But I wonder if you could, but before we get to that, just talk about uh, maybe pick um, a couple of the, the New Zealand businesses operating in in this sphere, because it's easy to imagine that when something as as vast as OpenAI and with people with the resources of Microsoft and Google are in the space, it's like good, good luck. But but there do seem to be some New Zealand companies that have taken specific parts or, or or ideas and been able to create some some really interesting work. So maybe just pick a couple of those that you found most sort of interesting in in the space. Ah, uh, look, go and have a look at what. Will Hewitt's doing with HeartLab, uh, completely changing the way cardiologists um, collect imagery, uh, use artificial intelligence to spot defects, to do reporting. Uh, it's astonishing uh, platform. Um, you can look at uh, Orbica AI and. Christchurch, so geodata, um, what Kurt and the team down doing down there is just incredibly fascinating. Um, again, just massive amounts of data processing. And then there's little companies, growing companies like Fruitometry, which their technology um, and development started um, you know, from people that were working in, in Team New Zealand uh, a couple of tours ago. They've built uh, effectively a supercomputer in their garage that's doing all of the processing on hand. They've got uh, four by four fours that are running around kiwi fruit orchards with cameras and laptops collecting data, and they're able to to scan the crops and help growers predict what their yield's going to be, um, how much fertilizer to use, you know what crops are diseased and need cutting. You know, so the efficiency gain and the productivity gain that companies like that 
uh, get from from deploying these AI powered solutions is just phenomenal. Yeah, it's really interesting, right? Because I mean, I think you know, it's a really good, good answer to the first part of my question about you know how you can compete with these sort of giants of technology is that they're naturally very mass, and and the the businesses are going to be in really smartly deployed niche applications, but that niche can still be a billion dollar plus business. The the reason that we're sort of here, the thing that's been kind of, I was banned multiple times unsuccessfully, but there was a very serious attempt to ban me from talking about this by my wife over the summer break. We ended up while we were camping, having this like, Basically, a corner underneath a gazebo, which is when you want to talk about Chat GPT, you have to go over there. <laughs> you disgusting freaks. Um, nonetheless, it you know I'd spend some time there because it's, it's just it's so fascinating. And Chat GPT, well, Chat GPT will have a conversation with you about whatever you want. Maybe I should just be only allowed to talk to Chat GPT about Chat GPT. It's the world's biggest Ask Me Anything platform. So, so when that that was the thing, and I, maybe it's because I'm a writer, and like the initial, you know, sort of, it's it's had multiple layered kind of booms of of people realizing what it can do, but uh, y- y- like I think that interface, because it was, you know, it was just a basically a cursor blinking in a box, like we've been looking at for thirty years, and yet the what res- what the way that it responded to whatever you typed into there was just wholly different to anything we'd experienced in a way that even the likes of Dali too, you know, felt kind of small by comparison. Um, you know, what is it, what is it about um, that generative eye and, and chat GPT, which, because it can reach in everything from, from coding to storylining to, to research, there's just, just so much it can do. It can do. What, what is it about that, that, that you think is, has really kind of caught people's minds. Yeah, so so ChatGPT is it's a language generation model developed by OpenAI. So it's capable of generating super convincing human-like text. It can write software code, uh, which means it can potentially write malware code. You can literally ask it anything. Yesterday I asked it, can you give me instructions to change the oil filter in my car? And it came back with a 15-point step-by-step instruction. Now, if I ask Siri the same question, it's just going to send me to a Google link. So there's a super um, powerful um, application. If you flick that on to a voice-enabled device, you can then effectively have a step-by-step process. While you're underneath the car, it's actually doing that. It's going to be able to say, now do this, and then this, and then this. So that's fundamentally shifts. Um, There's a couple of key things that we need to put caveats on ChatGPT. It's not connected to the internet. The ChatGPT knowledge base finishes in November 2021. So anything published in the world since then doesn't exist as part of its knowledge base. And it is consistently uh, pulling up errors. You know, It'll come back with answers that are factually incorrect or exaggerated. Um, so it's not perfect, but this is an example of what machine learning is. 
by asking these questions and by running by OpenAI doing this this project and putting it out into the into the into the open for people to use means that the feedback it's getting was this answer any good you know and and their humans reviewing some of the questions is going to mean it's going to get better and better and better and better um, so those feedback loops are um, you know are incredibly um, important so you know we've got schools in New Zealand and around the country around the world now who are um, going to start doing more paper-based um, exams. So technology um, influences like OpenAI and ChatGPT can't be used as part of those assessments. We're already seeing um, tools coming out which uh, say that it c- that can spot text that's written by generative AI, which is going to become incredibly difficult to do because um, even today ChatGPT is is you know. Reads like you and I would talk. Yeah, well, it's all almost. I mean, New York City just banned its its use in in homework. I think this morning, it almost feels like part of the, you know, the compact uh, OpenAI needs to make with society is that there's that anything that's created by it can can be accessed by educators or anyone else who needs to sort of test to what extent a human made it to, as a way of testing it, but. Yeah, which is interesting because the ultimate, you know, the the skill of being able to get the right prompt and get a result that's relevant almost feels like a more future-facing skill for humans to have in some respects. But you've got to ask the right question. Yeah. Right? Now, the other thing to to add in here is you're going to get broad answers. It's not going to come back with contextually relevant, time-relevant um, perspectives. It's not going to come back with a highly valuable opinion on something. It's going to give you a generalisation of all the stuff it can surface within its knowledge base on that particular topic. So, you know, the the skill here and the, the changes in, in, in content marketing for companies is going to be, Writing much less of this, um, you know, broad brand messaging around the future of the futureverse or the future of Meta or something like that or the the future of um, of AI, and getting down to highly opinionated, um, specific, um, and highly relevant messaging that's so specifically targeted to your audience. So it's not. It's not a broad brush. It's going to be, you know, that thought leadership is going to become even more important because people are going to be able to see through that that was just, that's a, a generalist piece of content versus this is something that your CEO or that someone in your business has, you know, really well researched and really knows their stuff is going to come through. Yeah, it feels like it can do a convincing facsimile of what is, you know, fairly medium to okay copywriting. In most instances, um, but you know, like the, the the you know, like for example, a whole bunch of you know, as was inevitable, as soon as it came out, a whole bunch of columnists wrote columns using some part of them with AI. It was never the interesting part, but but obviously, you know, and 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 I think that's the. Yeah, that, so it can that, give you the background, right? Yeah, absolutely. If you want to be like, uh, you know, in in a hundred words. Um, Give me the background story to Barack Obama. 
But it's going to give you some context around that. Which is also something that, you know, is, is easily obtainable in a lot of different ways. I think that the, the, that sense of figuring out how to use it in ways that are creative, um, you know, that's still – that will become – that a valuable skill and that's not something that everyone will be able to do. Well, one thing I wanted to, to talk about is, you know, a lot of, I think this has implications so vast that there are very few jobs or industries that shouldn't be taking it really seriously. Um, and I want to talk a bit, a bit about that. But the, the audience for The Fold is is largely people who work in different aspects of media. Um, there is, if I, again, I haven't spoken to, to too many people, but it feels like there is there is a natural split between people who are curious about an open tour and people who find the whole thing really scary. Um, you know, because I, I and which you can understand because there are elements of what it can do that can feel like you know they might take some of your job, potentially all of your job, especially if this thing keep, keeps moving. I mean, as you say, it, it stops in November 2021. If it was plugged into the live internet, it becomes quite a different animal again. You know, what would you say is for for people in, in media and, and marketing is, is, you know, if it's not if it's not in media, it's right next to it. So, you know, you'll obviously have some, uh, you know, have thought about this a bit. It's like what, what is the right way for those who haven't been paying attention and are suddenly seeing this thing on their doorstep? What's the right way for them to think about it? Your job's not going to be taken by taken over by a machine. It's going to be taken over by a human using a machine. So, might people, as well be you. <laughs> people who, yeah. in any role, whatever skill set or job that that you're in. Start researching and start experimenting and playing around with ChatGPT because the more you understand how this technology works and see the opportunities to leverage it within your, um, you know, within your work, the more competitive you're going to be, the more productive and effective and efficient you're going to be, the more time you'll win back to invest in creativity and thought and providing empathy and you know creativity, all the things that you know humans are still the best at, um, and 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 let the machines do do the parts of, of the jobs that you know they can do in in a fraction of a second versus taking you half a day. Yeah, it does feel like it's you know the best use of it, like almost thinking about the. The, the things that are most repetitious and drudge-like of your current role and try them first because they're almost the most likely to be um, the things that, that the AI can do do very well. And, and that, as you say, being able to port that time into something that yeah. brings you more joy is, is very real. Yeah. Um, I mean, no matter, no matter how much AI we have in the world, you still need humans to execute. You know, it, it, at the moment, it's not... It's not sentient. It doesn't operate on its own. It only operates because a human asks it to do something. Hmm. So in terms of the, you know, one thing that I think has become manifest over the last sort of 20, 30 years is that technology always outpaces policy. And that a lot, wherever there is a kind of a regulatory vacuum where policy did not imagine something certainly like this, uh, we get behind and economies develop, and and they're very hard to kind of regulate and post. 
this this is something, and and I'm not imagining this government or many governments are going to be able to get out ahead of it. But are there any kind of policy issues here? For example, with um, with with Dali too, a lot of artists who's you know on whose work it was on some level trained, uh, I sort of feel like that was done without consent. You know, they, they consented for their images to be viewed. They didn't get the give consent for them to be processed. And I can I can kind of under understand that perspective. Do, do you think there is a policy response here, or or is it you know kind of immaterial whether it's a a machine or a human who's who's reading and, and responding to your uh. work? There's a myriad of com- complex issues um, unraveling uh, here. You know, we've got potential copyright infringement issues. Uh, we've got bias and, um, and and discriminatory out bias and discriminatory outputs coming up. Um, you know, we've got potential security risks. Uh, you know, including you know very convincing phishing attacks and all sorts of things that could be so. So the weaponization of ChatGPT is just around the corner, right? And there is no government in the world that's going to run fast enough to be able to protect some of this. And it's 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 going to happen um, very very quickly, um, you know. And how that how we manage that, I guess, is is up to to us as a population to to manage and 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 to be aware of. Um, you know, there are there are a lot of countries around the world. Um, US, Canada, you know, UK, France, um, who have some very well established uh, policies uh, that 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 deeply understand the implications of artificial intelligence. Uh, the the AI Forum in New Zealand and and MB and other organisations have been doing some fantastic work uh, developing a national AI strategy and and policy. Um, and and frameworks around that, which you know, which, which are heading us in the right direction. We've got some fantastic people working on solving this for um, for New Zealand and incorporating, um, you know, uh, issues and 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 understanding around um, around around Maori and Tikanga and how we need to be bringing in um, those attributes to New Zealand and. And, and what that means um, from a legislative and, and policy uh, process for us uh, is, you know, is is really complex. And you know, there's a lot of work that's going on behind that, which is which is good. But yeah, we're we're running uphill, uh, and it's getting steeper and steeper every day to try and keep up with this technology. The Fold is brought to you by O-Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa, with over 4,000 out-of-home advertising sites nationwide across both street furniture and retail centres. I'm super grateful to O-Media for enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis. Skinny are helping you show how smart you are with the 1Q Quiz, an all-new, super-challenging and super-quick daily quiz built by The Spin-Off. Every Monday, Skinny are giving you the chance to prove you're smart with the Skinny Extra Credit question. Get it right, and you'll get the chance to score yourself some Skinny Extra mobile credit so you can text, call, or even video call your group chat and gloat about how big your brain is. T's and C's apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So, you know, I've, I've got a friend, uh, who, uh, my cousin actually, who basically lives in Berlin and was just has been texting me kind of fairly consistently over the holidays, you know, with things that he's figured out that it's able to do and, and his thoughts about how it applies to work. And one of the things that he's convinced of is that there'll be, there's basically a new role that almost any kind of organisation needs or needs to have access to that is a kind of like a, a chief prompt officer almost. Like you, you figure out the name, but basically someone within the business or, or organisation more broadly that ha, you know has a sense of how to kind of chat GPT whisper and can get even those because you're in any organization it's always there's always a mix of people who are really open to new technology and those who are sort of indifferent or fearful of it but finding someone who can you know create a sort of unlocks for different aspects of of an organization do do you think that it will be sort of whether it's a new consultant class or or a a new job type within an organization or is it more a sort of horizontal thing where you someone needs to kind of force a level of you know in the same way that that they would might have with email back in the day that you've just got to start to think about how you can use generative AI, ai within your um, whatever the, the the realm that you operate in is. Yeah, look, I think if you're a if you're a business analyst today working in any you know, decent sized organisation and you're challenged with understanding business process and trying to drive process efficiency, you better have a strong understanding of how machine learning and um, business process automation and tools like ChatGPT work because you're going to need them to achieve your those goals. Um, across other organisations, other companies, I think there's, I think what we've what we've seen with with other emerging tech um, and you know social and you know digital over the last few years is someone in the organisation, no matter what their role is the one that's passionate and curious and adventurous and goes, I'm just going to muck around and play with this. And then they become the person who others look to and go, hey, how could we do this? They'll see the opportunities. They'll be able to apply that back. So there is absolutely an opportunity for someone to step up to, to, to create a, a new role. It might be you know, um, you know, whatever that happens to be. Um, might not be the CTO, um, but it, it, it's certainly going to be you know someone that that deeply understands the processes within that organisation. If you're a, if you're a CFO, uh, and certainly some of the CFOs I work with have long conversations around how artificial intelligence is going to impact um, product development, um, the marketing world, their world, um, and how. You know, we might look at, at, at they might look at using different aspects of it. So, you know, CFOs by nature are, are, are passionate about 
creating business efficiency and effectiveness to improve the bottom line and, and profit margins and, and those sorts of things. So it's pretty natural for, for those kind of individuals to be um, spending a lot of time um, researching um, artificial intelligence. So there's just just to kind of return to um, OpenAI. There, you know, I've read like like so Ben Thompson, who authors the Stratechery newsletter, and and in other places there's been references to it. This idea that you know Google, which has always been known as an AI powerhouse um, for use within its search products and and various other elements, that it actually has something that's like ChatGPT, potentially even significantly more impressive in terms of what it can do, but that because it's got, you know, it's the the innovator's dilemma, right, that that, um, because it's got this phenomenally profitable and successful search product over here, and it hasn't, it can't necessarily, there's not an obvious way beyond charging per use kind of thing with with chat gpt to to monetize it in the same way that the sort of intention signaling of google search remains just a an, an incredible profound profit machine uh you know do you think that that sort of you know in a, uh, that in trying to protect its kind of core revenue streams that there's a chance that something like a chat gpt might rise up and eventually challenge a product and company which has felt basically indomitable for a long time now? Well, Microsoft invested a billion dollars in, in, in open AI uh, some time ago and uh, you know the, the people that, that know and the rumour mill is spinning out that they're uh, in talks to, to buy 49, 50% of, of open AI for 10 billion or something like that. Uh, which, in all likelihood, is going to put ChatGPT into into Microsoft um, hands into Office 365. Um, it's going to open it up to being able to have uh, voice-enabled um, queries around, you know, what was our last strategy or who had a meeting with this customer last. Um, effectively, everything that that sits within your SharePoint um, could be searchable within it. Um, it'll be integrated. It could be integrated into into Bing search, which um, and there's already uh, u.com, uh, which has a, a Safari extension, which would allow you to to search using um, incorporating ChatGPT into the search results, which is really um, quite interesting. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different tools uh, that will come out once the, the API is, is, is opened up more um, that, that will monetize um, and I guess they can quite easily throttle API access um, and at the moment it's just open to the public so there's no reason why they could, couldn't shut that off and, uh, and it would just become um, you know, paid API access. Uh, massive opportunities to monetize uh, a platform like that Potentially a Google search killer. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty pretty profound right. given the scale of that and the, and the reliance on it. You know, you're a digital marketer. Search is still pretty much I mean, the first stop, right? If if you can just imagine ChatGPT that's connected to live to the internet in real time. You know, it's 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 got the whole world's brain. It's got like everything we collectively know and have published on the internet 
is potentially within its knowledge base. Like, your brain explodes just thinking mm. about the, the volume of data that could be sitting inside um, those data centers with a, being able to process it within a fraction of a second to be able to serve you up a 1,500-word essay on anything you want. Yeah, like but also all the things that are, you know, the internet is wrong so frequently and it's got no ability to kind of fact-check it. So, so that's the, I mean, but... So there are fact-checkers. There, yeah. are, there are fact-checkers and there are tools out there that are doing it. But, you know, the thing where you have search engines and is, you know, search engines, you, you build... Um, you build credibility. Search engines have algorithms which know which content is most popular, how much dwell time you spend on those sites, and which ones are, are most referenced. And so they have a credibility score mm. against content, which is you know can be integrated into that um, as as well. Um, so you know, none there of these are ways. things feel like unsolvable, right? Like they're, they're, what they feel like these are little hurdles along the way. But given the, the scale of the achievement to this point. You would never bet against anyone being able to get this thing to sort of Wikipedia-like levels of accuracy. I mean, all it's going to do is find a hundred articles that kind of say same, same, or slightly, you know, similar things to the what you're asking, and something that's an outlier perspective to that is going to be deemed mm. incorrect, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, in in terms of you know, over the last few years, that you know, there were these huge leaps that we went through with you know with broadband with the cloud with, with the um the debut of the iphone that they, that they felt kind of you know like that they they were they changed the, the nature of the way that we interacted with technology changed the nature of the possible they're all kind of old now and while we've had a bunch of kind of mini revolutions along the way this feels different. And, and over the past couple of years between the metaverse and with Web3, there's been a lot of talk in, in a kind of a vaporware sense. And, and it's more the idea of this thing than the actual thing itself, whereas this is the thing itself. Do, do, you, do you feel like this, this is a, 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 on a scale of impact? When you mentioned the calculator before, it feels almost more profound than that to me. You know, in terms of the, what, what are the kind of superlatives or comparisons that, that you reach for with it? It's 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 the new electricity, right? It's 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 going to drive, um, and and be woven into every aspect of everything that we we do. And AI already is, you know, the, the genie's out of the bottle. We can't put it back. Um, so you know, we're, it's going to become more immersive, more integrated. Um, you know, we're seeing. Uh, you know, you mentioned, well, we had Google Glasses, right? So now you've got Google Glasses that are fully augmented. You've got QR codes on the side of the building. They're going to strip away the exterior so you can only see the piping or the electrical. And then you're going to be able to interrogate it. So you're going to be able to ask it, you know, what was the last piece of work done on this building and who did it and was it certified? And that's where... Technology sitting behind something like Chat GPT um, is is, is going to make the work that we do and the things that we need to exist far more fa you know faster, efficient, and effective, and that should free us up to be more creative, have more time. I mean, everyone says this tech you know technology revolutions are going to 
you know, mean that we can spend more time on the beach and more time with our Hasn't families and all that kind of stuff. It's a load of rubbish, right? <laughs> Humans just – we just fill our days with more and more stuff and we get busier and busier and busier. So it's not going to necessarily mean you can spend more time with your, your family or not working. It's just going to mean you're going to be more productive and efficient and we're going to be able to move things you know, further, faster, better, more effectively. Amazing. Hey, um, thanks so much for coming up, Justin. It's uh, you know, it's a, it's a lot, um, but uh, it feels really good to be thinking about it and hopefully the right way. And uh, yeah, no, I really appreciate you coming on the fold. The fold is brought to you by the Spinoff Podcast Network. It's hosted by Duncan Grieve, with production by Tiahe Butler and Samuel Robinson. Series production is by Jane Yee. That was The Fold, brought to you by our partners at O Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. Huge thanks to O Media for sponsoring this episode of The Fold and enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis. Kia ora e te iwi, Tiaihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.